You heard me say it, and I believe it wholeheartedly, that if you lead with identity, everything else will follow. But I've had the experience in my work of coming in contact with individuals who want what follows, but aren't willing to lead with identity. It used to bother me and I could not figure out why they did not want to lead with identity. Then it dawned on me that people think that doing identity work means that you're broken. When in fact, it has nothing to do with brokenness and it's not an attempt to fix you. Identity work is about coming in alignment with who you are and not fixing, but honoring who you are and building a brand that is most authentic to who you are. So if you're ready to leave with identity and become a supernormal superstar, visit YourSupernormal.com right now and let's do the work. Have you ever gotten to a place in life where you find yourself asking, what now? That's right. What now? Circumstances and situations have happened. You feel as if you've been hit from the left and the right. You feel as if nothing that you do ends up working out the way that you desire for it to work out. And you just don't know what you need to do right now. The reality is we've all been there. And sometimes we've been there without the tools, techniques, and strategies to help us make effective decisions to produce the future that we desire. You don't have to do this alone anymore. I invite you to listen to my podcast. That's right. My name is Clifton Pettyjohn. I'm a purpose strategist, author, transformation coach, and spiritual leader. And I host the What Now podcast. And the What Now podcast is simply conversations that teach us how to effectively face life's most difficult moments. That's right, life's most difficult moments. So if you're interested in hearing the podcast, I encourage you to visit my website, www.cliftonpettyjohn.com. Again, www.cliftonpettyjohn.com. There, there's a tab for the podcast, and you can pick your favorite platform. We're available on multiple platforms, so you can pick your favorite platform, Pick the platform, subscribe to the podcast, listen, 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 comment, 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 and share, share, share. All right? So I encourage you again, make sure that you are listening to the What Now Podcast. What's up, everybody? My name is Clifton Pettyjohn, and you are listening to Transformation Radio, where we transform lives through purposeful conversations.
Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to or welcome back to Transformation Radio. That's right. Transformation Radio, where we transform lives through purposeful conversations, regardless of how uncomfortable and unpopular those conversations are. My name is Clifton Petty John. I'm a purpose strategist, author, transformation coach, and spiritual leader. I provide tools and strategies to transition you from merely existing to living a life full of purpose, full of purpose. And yes, if you're listening, I am talking to you. I don't care what your life has been like, what circumstances you have faced. There is yet purpose inside of you. And if we can have a conversation, I can show you how some of your lowest moments are connected to the greatness of your purpose. Listen, again, thank you for joining us on tonight. Listen, y'all, we have an amazing guest on tonight. I believe he's the first guest outside of the United States. I kind of feel big on tonight uh, with our program. We're going international now. But listen, he has an amazing story and his energy is crazy. So listen, get ready. We're about to uh, get to him. But I want to say a couple of things before I get to him. Uh, first things first, I still am looking for somebody that is uh, musically inclined that can help us with our intro. I told you guys I am tired of our intro and I want to do something new. However, that's not my lane. So if you're out there and you are an artist, Let's link up. Let's link together. You can text music to 302-648-5544, or you can email us at info at cliftonpettyjohn.com. Again, info at cliftonpettyjohn.com, and one of our team members will get back to you in an expedited manner, okay? That's the first thing I want to address. Number two, Guys, I just want y'all to know how much I truly appreciate y'all. Uh, if you don't listen live, but you listen to the replay, I see the numbers. I get your feedback, and I just tell you, I'm just telling you, I appreciate you guys listening. I appreciate you guys listening, especially with everything that's going on in the world. You know, I want this show to be a sounding board of hope, a sounding board of laughter, a sounding board of redirection a sounding board of transformation, you know? So I, I see the numbers. I see you guys' feedback, and I want you guys to know I appreciate you. I want to shout out Miss Yvonne uh, Mason, who has, from the beginning, uh, she has been our major sponsor, and at times, sometimes our only sponsor of this show. So Miss Yvonne Mason, I thank you for the push, and I thank you for your support. So now, listen, without further ado, I don't have much to say on tonight. Oh, one more thing before we get to our guest, all right? And that is, I say this every show, so if you watch, you already know what's coming next. I opened up the phone lines throughout the entire show. Why? Because I want everybody to be a part of the conversation. If the guest, our guest says something that really clicks with you, like you're like, man, I'm feeling him right now. I know that this was for me. We invite you to call in. If you have a question for our guest, you know, if you want to talk about, you have something to share along with the conversation that we're having, I want you to call in. However, I want you to also understand, I do this disclaimer every show. We are a safe space or a secured environment for everyone to express their thoughts and their opinion in a respectful manner. We all come from diverse backgrounds, diverse belief systems, 
and we've had diverse experience throughout our life, experiences through our life, uh, out throughout our lives. So if you disagree with something, that's okay. But let's just make sure we do that disagreement from a respectful place, because I believe that it is the diversity of who each and every one of us are. When we can embrace that diversity, we all can learn and grow, and then we create a better world for this generation and the generations that are, that are to come. So call in number 516-387-1756. Again, call in number 516-387-1756. All right. So now, without further ado, I want each and every one of you guys to help me welcome to the show. Listen, he is the CEO of Good Vibes Entertainment, a former D1 NCAA scholarship athlete, a serial entrepreneur, and a highly sought-after public speaker. Guys, and he's changing the game at a young age. Do you hear what I'm saying? He is changing the game at a young age. So I want each and every one of you to help me welcome to the show Mr. Good Vibes. Mr. Good Vibes, how are you today, sir? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me on. Thanks to everyone listening. I'm really excited for this. It'll be fun. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. Listen, so what I do is I start every show with the same icebreaker question, and then we just okay. flow from there. So the question is, if you could have one superpower, what would that superpower be and why? Uh, I'm going to go for invisibility. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go for invisibility because I, I just, I would love to know what people are saying about me in an honest manner when I'm not in the room. Like, yeah. I, I want to, I want to see what it's like, you know, like when they're not being fake. I want to see what the real reactions are. Right. I feel I you. Think I'm I feel cool. you. Got you. Okay. So now I hit the introduction and I, I told people about some of your accomplishments. We're going to talk about, we're going to talk about all of that. But I want to talk about Mr. Good Vibes before all of that. I like to hear the backstory of how you got from where you started to where you are now. And I really want to hit this because I have a lot of young listeners that are out there today. I've been pushing this hard with uh, some of the young men that I mentor because, you know, a lot of people feel as if they're too young to make an impact on the world. But reading your story, I believe you started your first business at the age of 14. You've been changing the world, you know, small steps at a time since you were a teenager. So how did you get to that space? What was it like growing up for you? It was when I grew up, I had a really hard time finding myself because I was born to teenage parents. Mm -hmm. um, I'm 22 now. Okay. But, you, you know, mm -hmm. growing up, I was born to teenage parents. They had me when they were 18. and um, my father is Jamaican. My mother's Spanish. Uh, we grew up in some tough parts of Toronto here, some of the tougher neighborhoods. But, you know, they have their own story. They grinded through it. And by the time I was, I'd say, middle school, I realized, you know, they were putting me in schools that had um, predominantly, like, white folks. And there wasn't a lot of ethnic backgrounds at the schools I attended. And uh, it wasn't okay. necessarily a good thing. It was more so, you know, ticked off to be the only black kid around. I get if there was black mm. kids around, I get picked on for being not black enough because I'm light skinned, and um, you know I I struggled with some self identity issues. I wasn't as confident. I wasn't 
I wasn't the best at soccer at the time, which is which we could get into. Um, I, mm-hmm. I wasn't really good at anything. I didn't really have anything going for me. But I was I was a faithful kid. I uh, I went to church. My grandmother took me to church. I, I believed in God. I believed that God would get me through it if He brought me to it. You know, I believed in all that good stuff. So I, I knew better days were coming. But you know, I was picked on a lot. I was picked on for having a unibrow, for being scrawny. Um, couldn't talk to girls. It, it, my, my, my childhood had its ups and downs, to say the least. Mm-hmm. But throughout all that, I, I had a message that, you know, I had a message of positivity always in my ear. Like, my parents would always stress the importance of positive thinking. And, you know, guys like Tony Robbins, my my dad would listen to. And, and th- those yeah. kind of CDs had trickled down to me, you know. So I, I always had inspiration. But I would say in high school is when I started to kind of develop a little more. I was entering my what, grade nine year, so freshman year. I, I was taking soccer a little bit more serious. I knew I wanted to get a scholarship and play Division One. Um, so I was attending tournaments and stuff. Before I was getting cut from teams, now I was getting looked at and starting, and I was captain of some teams. Then by my sophomore year in high school, I just reached out to like 150 Division One coaches because I knew I wanted to play D1. That was my goal. And um, I just did outreach. I wasn't the best player on my team. I wasn't on the national team. I wasn't on the regional team. I was just a guy who out hustled most who were better than me. And by reaching out, mm. who I, you know, they saw my highlight tape. They t- I attended some of their camps. My my dad, thank God, you know, he's so supportive, was able to drive me to some here and there. If I couldn't, I'll go carpooling with teammates. Like, yo, let's go to the soccer camp. Um, it took a lot of work, man. I didn't get my scholarship easy, but by the time I was in my sophomore year, I had about like seven full rides to Division One schools, and um, some other big name, big name schools giving me, you know, partial offers. But of course, I took the full offers from the mid-level D1 schools because the packages were so great, and uh, I wanted to have an impact on whatever program I went to. And then I ended up in Boston, and that's that, that was my soccer journey. I ended up playing in Massachusetts, but my entrepreneurial journey is a little more interesting for me because business kind of took over my life and to give you a little Mm -hmm. bit of context yes i did start my first business at 14 which was landscaping at the time i literally a little black kid walking around the neighborhood full of italians um knocked on their door hey can i can i cut your grass i'll cut it for 20 bucks and um i just did that around like a couple of neighborhoods and you know sometimes older people respect the hustle like oh damn this kid you know he's not oh causing trouble or something he's not like just hanging out with friends he's hustling so they respected the grind I knew I didn't want to work for anybody because my dad gave me a book when I was about like 13, when I had my first job. Um, it's called Rich Dad Poor Dad. It's by Robert yes. Kiyosaki. Yeah, great book. Really good book. And uh, that kind of introduced me to like creating cash flow for yourself and not relying on a steady income, but creating like, you know, several or multiple income streams for yourself and just that entrepreneurial lifestyle. So that, that was the start. I quit my job after two days. I was working at a amusement park. And I was just like, you know what? I don't know how to do business. Uh, I just know I want to do it. So what, what do I got in my garage? I got a lawnmower. I got some of my friends that need some side money too. I'm just going to knock on some doors. I ended up getting like 20 customers to say yes within my first summer. And then I hired my boys like, yo, if you go cut that, like I'll give you a cut of the 20 bucks. And then I raised it to 30 bucks. And then I started learning how to hire people through like Craigslist and something we have in Canada called Kijiji, which is similar. Um, 
And then I started learning, you know, Facebook advertising, like the YouTube tutorials and how to target older people. Um, so I wouldn't always be going door to door. So I, I was like building a real business by the time I was 14, 15, and I was still balancing soccer and still had honor rolls, like high grades in high school. Um, it was just, it was just a matter of knowing what I wanted. I knew I wanted to use my talent with soccer to get a scholarship, but I also knew I was like, wait a minute. What if I, I'm not in a position to really go to Europe and make the big soccer player bust. What if I, you know, like even MLS for me, like, I don't think that's really what, what I want to do. It'd be great, but I'm going to retire by 32 and not know what's next. Let me start just in case soccer is not like my best option. Let me start developing business side because I have the hustle. Like besides landscaping, when I was 15, I was selling chocolate almonds, sports cards, um, granola bars, mm. candies, flipping double the price at, at my high school and be in the hallways at school, like asking to go to the bathroom, but then, and then making a quick sale. But I, I just always had a hustler spirit. And uh, I knew that would take me somewhere. So that, that's my story in the gist. And I'm sure we could bounce off a little bit more from there. Yes, definitely. And, and one of the things that I was listening to throughout your entire story was that you never sat back and waited for something to happen to you. You went after it yourself, even with your scholarship story. You know, you didn't sit back and wait for uh, schools to, to come and, you know, pursue you. You understood, you know, there's some work I got to put into it. Was Does that work ethic come from, you know, your family? Is it something that was just inside, like, you know, like inside of you from a young age? Or is it something that developed, you know, at a young age? The work ethic was, uh, I, I had no other choice. Because when I was young, if I wanted to go buy, you know, I wanted to get Xbox or Nintendo or DS, whatever the game console was at the time, or if I wanted to take the girl on a date, my parents, uh, they taught me young, like, you know, if you want to go do something, you got to earn the money to do it. My first ever uh -huh. job, sorry, I made a mistake before. My first job actually wasn't at 13. My first job was at eight. I was um, delivering newspapers. And I saved up like a 100 bucks in the week. It was a lot of money to me at the time. Cause I wanted to go buy some, some new shoes. So they taught me like how to earn my own money. And from there, I just, I, I got obsessed with like, wow, I'm actually earning an income. This is cool. I didn't know about business at the time, but then as I got into it, I was like, like I'm creating my own future here. No one's telling me when to, when right. to do this, how to do it. And it just, I became obsessed with it. That was all I cared about. I did not party in, I went to an all boy high school. I, I didn't, cause I got a bursary to it. Um, I didn't party in high school. Heck, even when I got to college, I wasn't really interested in the partying. Like that's when I was building my social media marketing agency. I'm sure we'll get into the later half of my my story here, um, which allowed me to do all the stuff I do today with brands. But I I just I don't know. It's just that I think entrepreneurship and hustle is one of those things you're surrounded by. Um, like you you have to do it. There's not really an option. Like if you don't hustle, you're not gonna like get the things you want. So I think it was just my surroundings and the way I was brought up. Got you, got you. Yeah, because I think that, you know, what you just explained, so many people miss out on the side of entrepreneurship because I think that sometimes uh, it it became a fad uh, to, to many people. So I think a lot of people thought, yeah, I'm just going to make my decision. I'm great at cutting hair or cutting grass. Or I'm great at this. I'm great at that. And it's just going to happen for me. 
nobody knows a lot of people don't know the back inside of it and that's great that you learn that back inside of it at a young age now you talked about struggling with your self-confidence even in the midst of struggling with self-confidence it seemed like you didn't allow that to be an excuse for you not to pursue the things that you desire uh, did you ever struggle with the concept you know from the self uh, the self-confidence where it caused you to just not even want to do anything or did it motivate you even more? Did it always motivate you more to do what you do? My young days, like high school, early high school days, it, it, it did uh, weigh a lot on me. Like, for example, when I got cut from the regional team where like, if you're really good in my uh, province here, Ontario and Canada, if you're really good at that age, you're on that team. And by me not making it because I like fully identified myself as a soccer player, I thought I was nice, you know, and by not making it, I was like, damn, am I even nice? So I was questioning myself. Right. And I, I think to get out of that slump, I started hearing um, on social media, like through hashtags, I started seeing uh, good vibes, the word good vibes trending a lot. Like, I don't know, some of my favorite influencers would say it. Some of my favorite soccer players would say it. I, saw, I just saw good vibes everywhere. I think it was kind of meant to be. And I was like, and I and I heard them talking about it, and I said, "Yo, good vibes, yeah, that's that's cool. I like that. Like, yeah, good vibes. Like, it, it'll be all right. You know, just keep working harder. If you're not, if you didn't make it now, you, it's not the end of the road. I'm only I'm only fourteen, fifteen right now. I'm gonna figure it out. Right. I don't gotta have the answers right now. Cool, cool. And that, now you, you, I wanted to talk about that too. How did you come up with that name, Mister Good Vibes? How did you? You you just told us how you saw it a lot, but how did you uh, come up with that as, you know, your whole market, basically a marketing strategy, like, and become one with that whole concept? I, I'm big on, uh, I'm big on superheroes and anybody listening might relate okay. to this. I know a lot of like students I speak to relate to this in my public speaking tours, but mm -hmm. I'm very big on superheroes. Like I've watched all the dark, the dark Knight trilogy, the Batman, like Avengers, all of that. And I noticed a yeah. common theme with them. Like I noticed superheroes are, are larger than life, right? People need dramatic examples right. to shake them up, to like, to motivate them, to inspire them, to make them think something crazy is possible. And I said, right. like, just to give listeners my real name, I don't really do this a lot. My, my real name is Antonio Tercero Downey, right? And that's not a really hmm. appealing stage name. Hey guys, what's up? I'm Antonio Tercero Downey. Like you're you're not gonna get like you know riled up and jazzed and ready to go off of hearing that. But look at this now. Hey yo, what's up guys? Mr. Good Vibes here. You guys ready to turn up? You guys ready to get lit? Like you guys ready to have fun? It's just a whole different scenario. And I said, okay, I gotta make myself larger than life. Yes, I'm young, so I gotta play off that energy, right? Especially because I'm talking to kids. What do they look up to? Superheroes and icons and figures. So I said, right. I need to become something. And good vibes at the time was just my message. Like when I was in my senior year of high school, I just said, let me throw good vibes on a couple of t-shirts. Let's see what happens. And I ended up selling 500 in a week at school. And I was like, holy moly, like this actually might wow. be something. Cause good vibes, yeah, like good vibes is a term that's, you know, universally known. No one's allowed to own it. But what I do have right. proprietary, like property is, uh, Mr. Good vibes. So that's like my trademark. I'm allowed to have that. Cause I created a character. Okay. 
But in high school, yeah, I played off of that 500 I sold in a week. I'm like, you sell 500 t-shirts in a week at like 15 bucks a pop. You're onto something. You got to move, right? So right. I, what I did from there is I started realizing, why are kids buying these? Like, I paid attention to the consumer. I'm just a marketer at heart. I like paying attention to why people yeah. do things. And that's why I studied psychology in, in university. And they, so I started asking questions like, yo, yo, like, what's up, bro? Like, and I asked girls too that I knew around from the block. Like, why do, why do you like the shirt so much? And they're like, I don't know. I just wear it and I feel like I have a responsibility to, to have good vibes and, you know, spread that, spread that message. I feel happy when I wear it. I was like, okay, this is, this is bigger than just t-shirts. Like, this is my medium. Right now, I'm going to sell t-shirts, see what happens. But I, I see something here. This is like a movement. And the world at the time needed a lot of positivity, and it still does. And um, yes. it was a message that wasn't, like, complicated. It wasn't like I'm choosing sides or I'm, you know, isolating certain groups. I'm like, yo, I don't care if you're an alien, black, white, like, whatever you are. Like, just good vibes. Just have good vibes, bro. And, you know, people start picking up on that. And high school's around my 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 um not state but uh province here started saying hey can we do anti-bullying campaigns with good vibes like can we buy shirts for all of our students and um you know we'll wear it for anti-bullying ones and i was like yeah sure why not and then i started i started getting um partnerships with like habitat for humanity um loblaws which is our biggest uh like grocery store here in canada the multi-billion dollar company and, you know, I just build connections like that because people are like, yo, this, this young guy's got some energy. He's spreading a thick message. I got influencers to show me out. And it kind of trickled from there. And then what by this, and this was all while I was about to go to university. So this was kind of taking off as wow. I'm about to enter like a division one full scholarship, um, to go play soccer. And so now I'm kind of struggling with, uh, and I, I'll, I'll just keep going from here because I think we're getting to a good juicy part of my story, but. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I got I got to school now, and I'm in uh, Boston, and I'm playing. You know, I'm about to go to preseason. I, I I broke my toe before I'm entering, which gave me a lot of time to run this business and keep going with it. But when I get there, um, I'm not as fit as I should be, to be honest. And I don't. This is actually the first time I'm telling this story in depth. But I'm not as fit as I should be. Oh, cool. And and my coach is uh, he's wondering like. You know, like, come on, I'm giving you a full scholarship. Like, you should, you should be ready to play. Um, like, what's going on? I see you're doing a lot of good vibes. Like, you gotta, you, I think you gotta choose, man. Like, it's either you're all into soccer, you're all into business. Like, which one's it gonna be? And, um, and this is the first time where I was at odds with myself and even my, my family a little bit because it, it creates tension, right? You're doing, I was doing like five figures at the time with, with good vibes, literally just t-shirts, which was huge for me. And, but I also had a, a soccer scholarship, which was supposed to be everything I worked for. But you right. know, I tried to ride coke for a couple months. I, I was still selling shirts. It blew up in the States because the States is a whole other market. Like in Massachusetts on the East Coast, um, mm-hmm. I, was, yeah, I was going to all the college colleges. I was selling shirts out of my trunk. Like, like students really vibed with the message of good vibes. And, you know, soccer was taking a different direction. I wasn't playing because I was injured. I, uh, I was starting to lose love for the sport that I was brought up, you know, that that's all I had. But I found something else. I found another love. I found my calling literally just through trying right. something. And yeah, I had to make, a, I had to make a decision. So I ended up leaving school for a little bit. Uh, I left my scholarship mm-hmm. behind. Everyone thought I was crazy. Uh, parents, you know, at first were against it. 
family, everybody, everybody in the world, everyone thought I was out of my mind. Like, why would you give up a full scholarship, you know, just for, for a t-shirt business? But I knew it was more than that. I, and I think all the greats that in their early stages, uh, like really believe in what they're doing. They're all into it. And I knew that I couldn't, you know, be half 50 50 in either one. I wouldn't be great at any of them. So I said, I'm going right. to take some time off. This I'm going to come back to Toronto. I'm going uh, I'm to keep spreading this message. I'm going to get the shirts out. I'm going to travel the states. I'm, you know, network, do all that stuff. Try to get this message out, e-commerce, all that good stuff. Um, it was going well for me. I really was seeing my shirts spread online. The sales were great. All that stuff was good. But about a year in, I, I started missing soccer, you know, because it was all I knew. And um, mm -hmm. put a long story short, I ended up going back for a year. I ended up getting another uh, scholarship to go play in Rhode Island, Division One again. Coach gave me a shot. Um, had to work for it, of course. But I went over there, was doing well. We made it to the finals, conference finals, almost made it to the NCAA tournament. That would have been awesome. Um, but then a new side of my business was developing because all these connections I had and people I was hiring in Toronto. And uh, yeah, this was literally like a year ago. I just said, all right, it's time to go full out on business. Sorry, soccer. I love you. Um, there's just too much happening in business right now. But I, I don't want to talk too much. So I want to I want to let you keep, uh, you know, directing the conversation. Again, this is how the conversation flows all here. So you're good. You're good. This is good. So you're basically, and I hope that people are listening because you talked a lot about how when purpose was calling you, you know, you, you found and discovered this, this greater purpose in your life that now you found yourself kind of at odds with your family, excuse me, at odds with, you know, everybody who had certain expectations for you. And I know a lot of people that, that get to that space and kind of that weight of that pressure becomes heavy on them and they end up submitting to the norm. How did you, as we're, we're continuing on this, how did you come to yourself at even that young age to say, I can't submit to the norm. I have to pursue the thing that I'm passionate about because I know a lot of people that are 40 and 50 years old. I know me, I didn't start pursuing my passion until 30. So how did you come to that resolve at the age of, what was that, about 17, 18? Yeah, like very young, 17, barely 18. Mm -hmm. um, I, 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 it, I don't even know how to answer this one because it's just, I, I've never thought about it too much. I just, I'm very tunnel vision. I saw where I wanted to be. Like I'm listening you. as a Gary, Gary B at the time, you know, still listening to Tony Robbins. And I'm seeing where these guys are at. And I, I'm seeing... Like, yo, I could be there too if I just hustle, you know. I don't want to be known as just the, the athlete because I, I don't, it wasn't realistic for me at the time to, to go to Europe and be like, you know, like Neymar or, or all these big Cristiano Ronaldo. Like, it just wasn't in my cards. Um, that's not the, the path I was taking. But it looked very realistic for me to just go MLS and, you know, I, I might have fizzled out. And I was like, I don't, I don't really want that. I don't think. Um, that's what I'm happy with. I, I think if I take this path, I know I want to be a public speaker. I didn't have the, the blueprint at the time. I just knew I wanted to do it. And I was like, I want to run my own marketing business. And I want to be a public speaker one day. I want to, I want to revolutionize the speaking game because I think it's, um, it's outdated. 
And I didn't know at the time, but now I do, and I'll get into that after. But I just, I just knew, like, this is what I got to do. This is what's going to make me happy. I had a girlfriend at school. I had the scholarship. I had the attention. Um, like, I had everything. And that's why people thought I was crazy to leave, right? But I think when mm-hmm. you're really called to something, and um, and it's all you could think about, you're obsessed with it. You like, I'm literally in yeah. classes. Like, what what am I doing here? Like, come on, I could be building a business. I think that's when you get yes. to the point of like, no one's gonna stop you. Right, right. And we're gonna get to uh, talking about how you uh, revelized or, or excuse me, revelized. Uh, oh Lord, now I'm tongue twisted. Revolutionizing. Yes, I was going to say, like, wait a minute, I'm <laughs> brain freeze for a minute. No worries, no. But revolutionizing the the speaking game because I know you've taken rock and roll and hip hop and intertwined that all into that. Uh, but before we get to that, I want to know how you started speaking. How did you get into the speaking game? Yeah, so basically to run off of my, my, my main story, with t-shirts, I transitioned that into a Gen Z marketing consulting firm. So by selling okay. tens of thousands of t-shirts year to year, um, these, you know, I'm making connections now and, uh, with brands like decision makers asking, how do you know this college age demographic so well? Like what, how do you know to get what gets their attention? How do you sell this much product to them? And, you know, through, through, through referrals and stuff. I'm like, I just ask questions. I collect data and I make all my decisions off data. I run polls. I, you know, I get, I get answers from my dem- demographic here. And, um, and I am Gen Z, right? So it helps. I know it's culturally relevant at the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so they're impressed with this 19 year old, 20 year old kid doing all of this. And so now I'm slowly transitioning from a t-shirt salesman to an actual marketer, someone who, you know, is doing something serious. And that's what I want it to be known as. So long story short, uh, team around me, you know, we're getting some contracts, uh, handling social media campaigns, building relationships, because that's the game. And then, boom, as I'm exiting my second scholarship, when I know it's time to go business full time, because the opportunities are too great, um, I, I end up meeting a principal back in Toronto when I come back. Uh, a friend introduced us. And this principal is like, hey, man, like, you, you have a great story. Would you want to? And I'm I, I'm 20 at the time, and he's asking me, hey, would you want to like share your story with my my kids, like five, a crowd of 500 uh, seniors, and be about to go to university? I'm like, yo, sure, I've always wanted to speak, I just never knew how to do it, like uh, how to like the system, I never knew how it worked. And he said, yeah, how about you come next week? And this was February last year actually. So I was like, cool. I mean, yo, I'll do it for free. And he was like, okay, great. Come in. Because to me, I just wanted the opportunity. And right. boom. So I go there. Uh, uh, um, you know, I'm studying. I'm, I'm watching like Tony Robbins. I'm watching uh, Gary Vee. I'm watching Grant Cardone. All these great speakers. And I'm seeing what they do. I like studying like game film. And I noticed something. I noticed, okay, these guys, these guys are really good. But when I look up like other youth speakers, because that's my game, I don't, I don't really see a lot of innovation. I don't see any excitement. I see a lot of the same, like, don't do drugs, kids. Um, don't do this bad. You, you know what I mean? Like, kids, yeah. kids nowadays, I see the kids. I talk to them. I know what actually interests them and what's going to get them, like, excited about life. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to go give it a shot. Let me go see what I could do for these kids. Cause I want to give back to the, the hood that I grew up in. So I go there. Um, 
I'm actually not nervous at all, to be honest. I was just ready. I remember the day so well. Like, I woke up really early, like 5 a.m. I worked out, showered, I ate. Um, I, I was just ready ready to go. So I get there, boom. Uh, principal introduces me. Uh, I have some T-shirts ready to hand out because I'm experimenting. I'm like, I want to see what gets people excited. And then I see kids going crazy already just off of free T-shirts. I'm like, wow, okay, sick. Um, cause I got the idea from, you know, NBA games, they give out free shirts. I'm like, okay, this, let me try this. Right. So boom. Now, now I get into the speech. I'm talking about self-awareness. Like, look guys, you know, life, life's going to be tough. You got to figure out what you love. Uh, when you find something like that, you got to go all into it, regardless of what people say. Da, 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 da. Then I get into a little bit about, um, my story. Then I get into about like how to get scholarships. And then my main point, I'm talking about no regrets. Right. I'm talking these kids are 17 guys. You don't want to grow up living with regrets. Like, what if I asked out that girl or what if I started that business or what if, what if, what if, right? You don't want to be on your deathbed thinking what if, and it's a cliche, mm-hmm. but it's true. And then yeah. I'm on this point and I see a young gentleman, this uh, fellow light skin. He, he's in a pink hoodie and I'm like, okay, this guy looks like he's got some swag. Um, out of nowhere, since I'm talking about no regrets, I say, Hey, yo, bro, uh, what's your name? And he responds. I'm like, yo, you have a you have a crush on anyone in school? Cause it's prom's coming up, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I kind I kind of do. To be honest, and all his friends are like, ooh, you know, it's just getting a little hype in there. <laughs> and um, and I'm like, yo, so what, what what do you say we do this? Why don't we, since prom's coming up, why don't we get you to ask her here? And if you do that, I'll DM like any girl on Instagram you want me to for my followers, and I'll ask her out too. You know, so fair fair game. And he was like, okay, yo, let's do it. And everyone's hyping him up. So the crowd's going crazy now. And I'm like, well, this is an awesome feeling. I hope she says yes, though. And right. Yeah. Thankfully, uh, like about a couple minutes later after he comes up, he he does it. And everyone's looking back, room silent. She says yes. And everyone just erupts. The crowd goes crazy. Like the place was crazy i've never seen anything like it from any other speech i've witnessed i really felt like i was at a concert or something because music was playing too in the background and it was just nuts and from there um i wrapped up my speech you know they hugged everyone was clapping i heard everyone like screaming like yo 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 this good vibes guy is sick and i was like all right well boom here's here's another business opportunity right i was supposed to just be a marketer and I was going to try and be the best marketer for, for companies trying to reach young people. But, yo, I look like I got this speaking game online. Let me, let me try, try and move here. So, um, after kids, you know, kids start coming up for pictures. Kids are asking for autographs. Kids are, um, like following me. I'm getting like four or 500 followers at a time, something I've never seen. I'm seeing, uh, like, I know it's never asked me to take a picture. I'm like, yo, this is nuts. And, uh, let alone autographs, right? And, I was like, okay, this this is really awesome. I, I got to roll with this. So after the show, I talked to the principal. Um, he ends up giving me a check. He's an honorarium. He's like, it was so good, bro. I, I can't let you do it for free. Like, I have to give you, you know, here's like a hundred bucks or something. And I was like, whoa, a hundred bucks just to talk? And for me at the time, a hundred bucks for speaking was crazy. That was crazy money for me as a 20 year old. I was like, yo, I just, I just made a hundred bucks for speaking for 30 minutes. I was like, sick. And yeah, yeah, so he referred me to to some other principals at the time, and yeah, um, they referred me. They're like, "Hey, can you come to my school? I I saw the video clips that people are posting of your prom video. 
Um, like you seem like you really get the kids when you come to this school and more principals start calling and I, and on my phone and emails kind of blowing up and I'm like, I just gave one speech. I can't wait till maybe I should do a tour. And from, from all these referrals, like literally the next semester, I just built a tour for myself. I said, you know what? I don't think I'm a speaker. I don't think it's fair to call myself a speaker. I'm going to treat this like I'm a rapper because I think it's just a different energy. I look at what rappers and rock stars mm-hmm. are doing and I see the crowd engagement they have. And I was like, let's bring this to speaking because right now the speaking game is kind of, it, it, it's, I don't want to say boring because I'd be disrespecting people, but it's a little dull. Mm-hmm. It needs a little, it needs a little flair. Um, and I was like, heck, I think over the next decade, I'm, I'm, I'm going to change this game. And with, with hard work and, you know, people are going to call me crazy like they usually do. Like, wait, what do you mean rock star? What do you mean rapper? You won't believe, Clifton, you won't believe how many people. Um, and sorry, sorry, I keep answering with these with long answers, but I know, I no, know this I'm is good. this long. Okay. Okay. You just let me know if like I need to, you know, like speed up some of the answers, but no, remember I'm I told to you slow. Let's go. <laughs> All right. So yeah, to build off of that, like people call me nuts. I remember I was on, I was going on podcast talking about, yeah, you know, the speaking game. Um, I'm Mr. Good Vibes and, and watch guys. Like I'm going to be the first speaker that's sponsored by brands that like has corporate sponsors the way a rapper, an athlete would. Like I'm going to make this speaking game exciting. The kids are going to ask like, you know, what's that Mr. Good Vibes guy coming back? You know, I'm going to bring that excitement to the game. And, you know, fast forward a year later, I'm sponsored by Burger King and David Busters and multiple other brands to to give these talks around um, North America to middle schools and high schools and eventually I'll expand, you know, universities and da da da. But that's my market right now. And as I've seen, I've begun, spoken to a lot of, um, I've been approached by a lot of speaking bureaus. I'm still independent. Um, I, I have a manager who deals with my bookings and all that kind of stuff. But I like keeping control. Like, you know, I like keeping right. this like a, the, like the rap game and I, I'm doing a lot of stuff coming up especially with all this COVID stuff uh, there's not going to be speaking is not going to be the same so I have a whole different plan on how to keep things engaging like and we could get into that whole talk too like it's actually really exciting what I'm doing there now that is my next question but before we go to that I want to hit some of the stuff that you said uh, how you um, how you how you view the speaking game and I think that from your view of the speaking game, it's going to bring a lot of different types of people to it. I think that as you were talking about, you know, you don't want to be disrespectful to it. Uh, it's kind of the same thing over and over again. It's kind of like people kind of look the same. They sound the same kind of cookie cutter. You know, but I think that when more people see how you're bringing it about, then they'll realize, wait a minute, it is a possibility for me to be involved in this as well. Like, I don't have to conform uh, who I am or change who I am in order to be a part of it. So that's what I love about it, because that is what the, the youth need. They don't need the same thing over and over again. They need somebody that's going to come and like you did, willing to stop, you know, your speech and do this impromptu thing. And you don't even know, like, the boost in his esteem that took place from that <laughs> one encounter. Because he may have never would have asked that girl to 
the dance because he probably would have thought, well, maybe she's going to say no. So that's what I liked about it. I think that that's another reason why, you know, I invited you on here is, is your mindset concerning speaking because I want other people to see it's just not for one type of person or one group of people. This is something that everybody can benefit from. 100%. And like, I have yellow hair, man. Like, I, 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 um, yeah. I don't wear, I don't write a, I don't yeah. write a script. I, um, as, as rappers would say, you know, you get in the booth and I freestyle. I have a structure of what I want to talk about. But my literally, literally, my speeches start. I'm like, okay, so hands up. Like, what are you guys into? You guys like video games? You guys like sports? You guys like academics? What do you guys, I need to base my talk off of what you guys actually like. And right off of the, right off the bat, I have the audience captivated because I'm showing I actually care. Like, I'm not coming in here. Here's my script, guys. I'm going to talk about anti-bullying for an hour. I'm like, no, nah, I'm going to mm-hmm. talk to you guys what you actually care, care about. And, um, and it worked out for me, but yeah, you know, the self-esteem you mentioned from that guy is probably incredible. He told me, you know, I think they're ending up dating. Who knows? I might get invited to the wedding That's one day. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Like, right, it, it's right, great. Right. Some kids messaged me in the DMs talking about, you know, they, they, they thought about committing suicide and they were cutting themselves the day before mm-hmm. they heard my speech. And then, and then yep. boom, good vibes comes in. And now they're like, you know, you show me it's okay. And, you know, this is a journey. And it's just incredible, man. The speaking game, there's so much change that comes with it. Yes, absolutely. And that's, that's why I'm grateful for, you know, a lot of the y'all younger ones that are stepping outside of the box or completely destroying the box as it relates to speaking. Like I said, because you're going to reach so many more people that are missed sometimes because of the overstructuring of speeches or the overstructuring of presentations. So I love it. I enjoy it. Now, as you said, with everything that we've have have going on with COVID and everything, you know, the speaking game has been to some view it as a interruption. You know, I always look at it as an opportunity to present or represent yourself in a wider variety of ways. So what are some of the things that you're that you're looking at doing now as a speaker and even as a marketer? Um, what are some of the things that you're looking at doing? So I'm I'm always in contact with all of these brands, whether they sponsor me for my tours or whether I consult with them for marketing campaigns. And yes, the world has changed. But at the same time, like you said, there's so much opportunity to come out of this and I'm never one yes. to put my head down. So I yeah. um you know, I spoke to a lot of speakers, a lot of them are giving up a lot and this is really weeding out who belongs in the game. I, this is competition at the there end of the is. day. Like you know what I mean? Uh, come, yeah. coming as an athlete, a former athlete, I love the competition side. I'm like, okay, cool. You're, you're quitting. Cool. More food for me on the table. Um, right. I looked at it like, Hey man, look, it would take a while before this COVID stuff for me to get like state to state. Like I was just getting to Los Angeles, California. They're like, what happens if I want to go speak in Memphis or Texas or Florida, like all these different places? But I got, that means I got to go travel all the way over there. It's going to be nuts over the next decade. But what COVID presented me with is a model for my speaking business as Mr. Good Vibes to say, wait a minute, I have corporate relationships. What if I put on a, a, a virtual show like Tony Robbins? I don't know if people listening or yourself yep. have saw yep. Tony Robbins created yep. a whole setup for himself to speak inside his own house. Yep. And I'm Absolutely. doing the same thing. I'm gonna, 
Yelp. I'm gonna have a pad with the the pool in the background in Los Angeles. I'm gonna have a live band with me, um, playing for the music to keep it engaging. My giveaways are gonna remain the same, and I'm gonna almost like the lead singer. I'm gonna rock and roll, but with a it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be crazy. I think when people when this reaches the mainstream, um, it'll penetrate culture in a way that's never been done before with speaking, and eventually I'll collab with rappers and. I'm just really excited for the future. So I think there's tremendous opportunity with all this stuff going on. If you look for it. I totally agree. Yeah. I have been watching Tony Robinson. I've been, uh, a guest as, as a keynote, uh, speaker, even on, uh, some virtual events as well. And I love it. Like I used to not like it because I do like the physical presence. I like to interact with individuals like face to face. But I also am fluid enough to understand that you can be effective in other areas as well and learn to flow with however you need to flow in order to be effective. Now, we talked about, we haven't talked much about the marketing, but you, you hit something earlier and I wrote something down. Like everything that I hear you say, uh, and every experience of, experience of success that you have, seems to be tied to your ability to connect with your consumers or with people. Have you always been able to connect with people or is that something that you develop, you know, as you got, well, I can't say older because you're not that, you know, you're not that uh, much older, but later on in your life. Uh, I'd say it's my greatest strength. I think naturally, yes, I'm very, I'm very, uh, I have a lot of empathy and kindness. I'm always, uh, I was labeled mm. as a, a nice kid, you know what I mean? And always the good guy. Yeah. So I, I really understand people because I care about people and I believe in humans and I want to see everyone win. I think there's enough food, food out here for all of us to win. I don't think it comes from my right. defense. But yeah, at the same time, I wasn't naturally gifted with a lot of things besides empathy and kindness. I, uh, was it, I had to work my butt off for soccer, didn't have natural attributes there for speaking. Oh God, like my first, uh, I joined Toastmasters, which is a big, uh, public speaking, like yeah. practice club for, you know, <laughs> it, yeah, most people have heard of it. I joined it when I was 12. Right. My dad just pushed me in it. I didn't know what it was. Um, but it really helped me now looking, like looking forward literally 10 years later. But yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't have a lot of natural gifts, but I did have empathy towards people. So I really understood them and, Cool. And I think that that is very important in the business world and in the speaking world, because I've come across people that seem to miss that connection, that empathy side of things, especially when you're going in and you're more of an inspirational or motivational type of a speaker. I feel it's important that you have to connect with your audience. Like if they don't feel that connection then a lot of times you know they're going to shut down but if they feel that connection then their reaction will be as many of the reactions have been with you you know how you said that the students were requesting you the principals the staff all of those things because they can feel that mr good vibes isn't just something you came up with just to come up with it it's something that you've embraced as yourself or took on as like your superhero character, you know, you are connected with that very thing. Now, if somebody is at that place in their life, their life where they feel as if they have no uh, special gifts, talents, or abilities, 
So they feel as if like, man, there's just nothing that I can do. What would you say to an individual that feels like that? I'd say you got to try a lot of different things. I had, I had no clue I was going to be a pro speaker literally getting paid, you know, thousands of dollars for an hour speech. I had no clue this would be my future. I had no idea that I'd be sponsored by brands, you know, when I was on my come up. I didn't have an idea that I'll end up division one for sure. Like a lot of things were up in the air, but I just, I, I had to see what I actually liked. Like I was put in hockey. I was put in basketball. I played soccer. I tried guitar. I tried piano. Like I just tried, I tried violin. I tried art. I tried so many different things from like age four to I'd say like 14 where I was finally like, okay, this is what really gets my like heart racing and makes me like get up and just excited about life and ready to tackle the day and it, it for me it wasn't you know it wasn't school like most people it's not school but they're forced into it i think for anyone listening if you don't think you have anything that you want to pursue or you don't know what your passion is just try different things you'll know like when that one thing hits you'll be like oh no this is really sick this is really fun and then you know you just got to go all into it and become great and work really hard Cool. Now, what motivates you? Uh, uh, to be the best, honestly. It's, it's the only way I could say it. Yes, my, my like, mm-hmm. now I'll say fans, supporters, and, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I love seeing the impact I have as a speaker, but it all started. I want to be the best, and I'm confident saying it. I'm very comfortable saying it. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people shy away from talking like that, uh, but I say it in a yeah. very humble manner. I, by no means cocky. I just, I want to be the best at public speaking. I, I see guys like Kobe who follow Jordan. I look up to Tony yes. Robbins. Tony Robbins is at $500 million as a speaker and his ventures. I have a long way to go. Uh, he's 60 right now. I'm 22. I do want to catch Tony one day. I want to be known as the GOAT. I want to collab with him one day and all the other GOATs. Uh, but I want to be there. I want to be right there. Like when people look to the public speaking game, they think, yo, that Mr. Good Vibes. Yeah, he's the grandmaster of it. Cool, cool. Now, you're 22 years old. You've experienced a lot of success. You've experienced a lot of success, especially, you know, uh, according to the metrics of others as well that are looking, looking on. How do you define success? Uh, It's going to sound cliche, but really happiness and like literally doing what you want. I have a favorite song of mine. Um, by Lil Uzi Bird. He's a rapper, hip hop artist. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, it's called Do What I Want. Literally, that's the song title. Yeah. And it's my answer because I, I literally, now I do what I want. When I was going through school and, you know, I'm not saying don't go to school. I'm just saying I had to deal with it. So most of you, most kids listening will have to deal with it. But if you work really hard at something, you get really good at it. You're going to get to the point where you're not forced to do anything anymore. You're going to be so good at something and you're going to create results for yourself where you get to do what you want. And for me, that's success. Like I'm nowhere near where I want to be right now in terms of mm-hmm. like the all time greatness I want to achieve. But I am, you know, confident in myself enough to realize, Hey man, I've come a long way. I can actually live life on my own terms right now. There's no one telling me what to do. And I'm, I'm, I'm happier than I've ever been. And it's literally just business from morning till night some sort of business venture going on. I'm happy. Cool, cool. Now, 
going back to your college days, uh, you lived in the United States for college here on the East Coast. How different yep. was that? How was how different was life on the East Coast here in the United States than it is in Canada? It's very different. I mean, Canada, we have 33 million people here. In the U.S. alone, I think mm -hmm. there's like 30 million people in California, and there's like 330 mm -hmm. million people in all of the states. So in terms of business ventures and opportunities, um, everyone's a little bit more forward-thinking. Like, I remember I was in California before all this COVID stuff. I was in L.A., and I was meeting with brands, literally just, you know, walking into different places, trying to get meetings. And I told, I, I pitched on the spot and I was getting meetings because people, they don't want to miss out on the next big thing in the States. You know, you guys over yes. there think very like business minded, like, okay, you could help us. We can help you. Let's do it. What do we got to do? In Canada, I noticed there's a little more fear. There's a little more hesitation, which is really why I've decided to actually live in California, Los Angeles. Um, just because I realize it's where I need to be. I love Toronto, but I got to be in the States. So it's a tremendous shift. There's a whole different culture out there. Got you. Okay. So now we've talked about a lot of things on tonight. I, you've taught a lot. Now, if somebody is out there and they're interested in getting into marketing, because now I'm, I hear a great big fad with marketing. You've been in the marketing game for a minute, though. Uh, what steps did you take in order to get into marketing? Is it something that you went to school for? Or is it just something that, you know, you did through trial and error since you started your business at such a young age? Great question, Matt. Um, I actually, yeah, I left this out. So I did study marketing and, and psychology at university. But like I said, I didn't finish my university, both my university um uh, degree. So it's not like I studied for mm -hmm. four years there. But what I did do was, yes, experience helped me a lot, like selling t-shirts, selling, you know, chocolate almonds, selling everything. Just, that really helped me knocking door to door, overcoming this fear of sale. But for marketing specifically, I think you got to learn from people who are actually doing it. So I did, yeah. uh, through a mentor I found, I literally worked for free for several months. Uh, they, he runs a big agency here in uh, Canada, Toronto. And I just said, hey, man, look, I know I didn't go to Harvard. I know I didn't, you know, go to University of Toronto here. I don't, I don't have no fancy degree yet. I'm still very young. I'm like 19 or something. Honestly, I would love to just work for you, though. Like, what do you need? I'll, I'll get your suits ironed. I'll do whatever you need. But let me just come see how you run the operations and process. Like, how do you hire people? How do you run campaigns? How do you, what do you do for influencer marketing? What's, what's ROI mean? Return on investment? What's uh, customer acquisition cost? Like, what are all these things that I need to know? And yeah, he just, you know, he said, you know, this kid's hungry. And most adults will look at you that way. If you're hungry, they'll reward you for it. Mm -hmm. You know, I just, I had mentors that really showed me there's YouTube tutorials, there's podcasts, there's books. There's just so much knowledge out there outside of traditional education, which I think is flawed, but that's a whole other topic. Um, there's just mm -hmm. so much learning your own. And I'm glad you brought up the mentorship component and how you describe the mentorship, the, the non-conventional uh, conventional type of mentorship. My last show, we talked a lot about mentorship. Uh, how important was that mentorship experience or the experiences you had with various mentors to your experience in business and speaking and just overall life? 
how important was it? Yeah. Oh, mentorship is everything. Like to this day, yeah. Um, one of my in, in speaking, like I don't take credit for all this innovation I do. Like, yes, my mind races because I'm always seeing like, what are rappers doing today? What are what did rock stars do in the past? Like, I don't even study speakers anymore. I study literally artists. Um, but I get my own inspirations, right? Like, this, the mentor doesn't necessarily have to be right in front of you, face to face, day to day. It could be someone you look up to online, where you just constantly watch all their content and see see how they operate. Um, my dad was one of my first mentors in public speaking. He does a lot of public speaking for his career as a, as an executive okay. and higher up. So you know, I got to see a lot of like his style, and I saw that's yeah, great style. It's just an older audience, so you know, I'm gonna have to adjust and do my own thing. Um, so yeah, yeah. Mentorship is everything. If you, cause they've made the mistakes already, right? Through their 40, 50, 60 yeah. years or, or whatever, they've made the mistakes. Yep. So a, a fool is going to try and make all the mistakes themselves and go through life. Like I want to make my own mistakes, you know, but people who want to be great are going to say, let me limit my time making mistakes, learn from people who made them and, you know, carry on with my life. I don't want to make the same mistakes when I can already learn from someone else. Yeah, I asked that question because I wanted the perspective of a a young a young adult because we like I said this comes it came up on the last show it comes up on a, a lot of times on the show and in my individual individual coaching sessions with individuals uh, with uh, clients because a lot of people have a negative thought process as it relates to mentorship but I always explain to people that mentorship is not where you contact somebody and say, I want, I want you to mentor me. Well, that's a part of it, but it's not the, you know, the extent of it. Like you said, there's so much knowledge that you can gain from YouTube videos or, you know, just watching people's presentations and even those that are close to you in life. And that's, that's why I want people to get the awareness or understanding of, how mentorship can be and how beneficial it can be for your life because you hit something. And that's what I always say. I can learn more from people's mistakes than I learn from their successes. Mm -hmm. 100%, man. I agree. Okay, so now we have talked ourselves off the air. Uh, So I want to get to the last three questions that I ask everybody. So that first question is, you said so much over this hour, and I know that a lot of people are going to be encouraged by your story and are going to understand that there's hope for them uh, because you'll be able to reach people because you speak their language that some of the other guests and myself don't speak. So if those that are listening were to forget everything that you said tonight, what would be one thing that you want them to remember? You can't listen to outside voices. I can't stress that enough. Like you cannot listen to these outside voices. I don't, I have to say it literally a hundred times before someone really understands it. And it's the only reason I'm at where I'm at today. Like guys, I moved out of my house when I was 17 for a period of time because of this whole incident of me, you know, wanting to pursue something because my family is really against it. Like this is real life personal close to me. I understand it. But I had conviction in myself, like, yo, I'm going to do this. I don't care who's saying no. I don't care if my own mom is saying, look, you can't do it. Like, I, I think you should go traditional. You already have a past. Like, I just didn't care. I think even when I was in the speaking game and I heard principals talking bad about me or teachers saying, um, you know, this guy, 
he's too much into the hype and flair of, of speaking. He should just focus on the message. And, you know, I get that negative feedback here and there, too. Um, mm-hmm. but I, just, I just don't care. It's unbelievable how much I just don't care. Not out of bravado and, like, cockiness. I just, I realize I get more love than hate. If my audience is loving me and saying, yo, I love the way you talk. I love your message. It helps me so much. You saved me from suicide. You helped me do this, da, 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 da. And of course, I'm not going to listen to the haters. I'm going to listen to the ones who love me. But please, just don't listen to outside voices. That's the only thing. Like, the main thing. Okay, now that stirred up another question. I'm sorry. <laughs> that stirred up another <laughs> no question for me because that is, oh, man, that is like the number one thing. Like, I wish that I could take, I could put that in a, make that in a liquid form put it in a bottle and just hand it to people to drink that whole concept of, you know, don't be distracted by the out, outside voices when you know you have connected with that thing and you know, it's crying out for you to do it because that's your purpose. I wish I, like I said, I wish I could pour it and everybody could drink it. And then everybody in the world would just be doing what it is that Everyone they've been called, be created and designed to do, you know? So, yeah. Man, like, okay, now, I'm going to ask this again. It, it may sound like a repeated question, but that mindset, that mentality that you have right there, did that come through trial and error? Did that come at a young age? When did that come, like, where you just say, even if my mom, my dad, my family, everybody, my friends, nobody believes in this thing, I'm going to be convicted enough just to continue to do it. I just, I really, I really believe that good vibes was meant for me. I just believed in my, like I said, I'm a Catholic man. I'm very religious. I believe God wouldn't have introduced good vibes and Mr. Good Vibes to me if he didn't want me to do it. So it was through faith. It was kind of like, look, you know, it's going to test me at the start, see how committed I am to it. But I know on the other side, he's going to reward me for it. And he is. I see it happening. Yes. It's great. It's brilliant. But I just, um, it's tough, right? It's just to go against your parents at 17, like say, no, I'm mm-hmm. quitting a full scholarship mm-hmm. to go pursue something that's not guaranteed at all. It's crazy. And if my kid wanted to do it, I don't know if I'll let him do it either, to be honest. It sounds nuts. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I really think the great, like, look at guys like Elon Musk or, or like Kanye West. These guys are all labeled crazy. And, yeah. you know, I don't, and I'm yeah. not even talking politics on Kanye West or whatever he talks about. I just look at greatness. Right. And I'm, I'm just saying, like, people who are labeled crazy at the beginning, but still have the conviction to go yep. through with it, those guys who, who win, those are the guys who are looked at in the history books and studied, like, so that's, I don't know, I just got it from, like, real raw belief. Cool, cool, okay. Now you talked about, um, faith. You talked about having faith in it. I want to talk about purpose real quick before we get to the second question, because usually I play a word association game with everybody, but I didn't feel that flow this time. So I just wanted you to be able just to talk, to get your story out. But here's what I want to know. What is your definition of purpose? For me, purpose is, well, for one, knowing what you're called to do like knowing why you're put on this earth and two, really like it's all you think about when it's all you could think about and it's all you want to do 
and nothing else really matters to you like this does, then you found your purpose. Like for me, my purpose clicked after that first speech. Literally, like after giving that speech and the mess, I saw like 200 messages in my Instagram DM talking about, yo, your, your speech was lit. It was exciting. Oh my gosh. Like I feel like we're going to start a business. I'm going to reach out to coaches. Seeing that response. I was like, how can I not be a public speaker? How can I, like, if I wasn't a public speaker, it'd be like robbing the world of this amazing gift. Of It'd be like, right. you know, like, like it'd be, it'd be bad. And I just said, it's my purpose. It's my calling. It's what I was called here to do. The fact that I could go on stage and not have to rehearse or have a script ready or just wing it, literally wing it and go up there and do my thing. I think I'm called to do this. I really do. Okay, cool, cool, okay. All right, so the second question is, and I, I I ask that question because I always like to hear people's definition of purpose, and I like for my listening audience to hear it as well because so many people have different definitions of purpose and how they discover their purpose or how they identify uh, the encounter they had with purpose that, like, really transformed their lives. So that's why I asked that question, because like I said, there are people that are tuned in that really are going to be able to relate to what you're saying. So I wanted to get that purpose question in before we got off the air. But okay. the second question is, uh, on the show, we like to acknowledge what we call transforming transformers. Now, transforming transformers are people who have experienced transformation in their lives. And now they have committed to assisting in the transformation of other lives. So they, other people's lives. They may be a mentor, a, a family member, uh, a friend, just those that are your support system in the background sometimes that have pushed you at times when it's like, man, it seems kind of easier to give up. Do you have anybody that you would like to acknowledge? Usually I allow people to give at least three or four people that have been those sounding voices uh, in their head or just there patting them on the back saying, yo, let's keep going. Uh, yeah, my dad, 100%. My dad has uh, has been my number one supporter since, since day one. Even if my mom my mom was at odds with something I believed in or wanted to pursue. And I love my mom to death. Like me and my mom have a great mm-hmm. relationship, but you know, mm-hmm. she's a little more traditional and she, she's a little more right. like she had, she had met 18, right? She just wants to see me succeed. So she's going to be a little, a right. little mama bear and a little more, you know, conservative. And, um, in that right. sense. but, but my pop, he, yeah, he, he's wanted to be an entrepreneur for, for his whole life, but he had his own story he could talk about one day, and I don't want to get into that. But yeah, right. he, he's always believed in me. He tried to help me achieve my dream, and he saw how much I cared about business and speaking. You know, so he's like, if you really care, here's a book called This Dad Poor Dad. Um, yeah, yeah, take it from there. And then you know, he he wouldn't like do it for me. He would just give me enough to, if I really wanted it, I could do the rest. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So he would just give me enough. He would teach me how, like, that the thing, like, teach a fisherman. I don't, I don't know the exact thing, but teach a fisherman how to fish. You know, he's fed for life. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, but that sense, like, he really teaches me how to do it. He put me in public speaking classes and I took care of the rest. He, 
you know, introduced me to that book with, with soccer. He showed me the drills, and then I'll go to the field and do stuff on my own too. Like my dad was uh, was one of my biggest supporters in that sense. So big shout out to him. Cool, cool. Uh, and I want to add another question. As you were talking, another question came to me. <laughs> but you were talking about the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad. What are some books that you recommend for your generation to read? Oh, my generation, I think Rich Dad, Poor Dad, if you're into business and really trying to, not even just business, to be honest, just life. Like if you want to create a good life for yourself, mm-hmm. a good lifestyle, I'd say um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad for sure. That's like the number one. Uh, secondly, I'd say real estate. I'm, I'm big into real estate. Uh, I've been exploring it more okay. lately as I've been, been accumulating more, uh, more income for myself. I, I think real estate's big. Uh, if you could get knowledgeable mm-hmm. in real estate, like pre-construction condos and seeing, seeing like all that kind of stuff. Like if, if you know what I'm talking about, like you can look into it. Um, mm-hmm. guys like Grant Cardone's books are great. You know, how to sell, how to be a great salesman. I think sales is important for anything you're doing in life. Whether you're trying to ask out a girl, you got to convince her to like you, right? Or if you're trying to ask your coach for more yeah. playing time, you, you got to convince them that you're worthy of it. Like any, anything in life is sales. So sales is always there. Uh, I think psychology books are great. Understanding people, anything you're doing in life, again, understanding humans is, can be beneficial. So, and then Gary Vaynerchuk, I'll get Gary, Gary V uh, a shout out. All of his books are amazing. Yeah. Business, business focused, marketing focused, like personal development, all that good stuff. Okay, cool. Now, before I get to the last question, I want to give you an opportunity to give everybody your social media handle so they can connect with you on social media, your website, uh, and information on how they can book you um, to come to their schools, especially once schools open back up. Or like you said, for virtual events as well, I want you to go ahead and give everybody that. And then I want to give you the opportunity if you would like to leave our listening audience with, you know, some last words. Okay. Uh, so first, yeah, my social media, I use Instagram a lot. It's, uh, my tag is at it's Mr. Good Vibes, I-T-S, it's, and then Mr. Good Vibes, M-R, Good Vibes. Uh, my LinkedIn is just Mr. Good Vibes. And yeah, my website is www.mrgoodvibes.ca. So CA for Canada. Uh, that's why I host the site right now, mrgoodvibes.ca. All my info's there any requests or anything like that sent to my assistant and then it gets filtered to me. Um, but yeah, I'm open to anything, collabs, questions, whatever. I, I respond to all my messages. Okay, and great. Then, Did you have anything else that you, a last message you wanted to give to the listening audience? Uh, in terms of last messages, I would say Sorry, there's just two skunks that I just saw in front of me. My bad. Let me just walk inside. <laughs> yeah, that was really random. Um, cool. But yeah, in terms of last messages, it's just good vibes. Very simple. As a you know public figure here, I'm not going to complicate anything. It's just good vibes at the end of the day. It's hard work. You know, you have a dream. If you live one life, you can't waste time listening to people telling you you can't do it. All that, all that stuff you need to, you already know, like, you know, it's one life. You got one chance, 
got to go out there and make something happen. You got to work hard for it. Trials and tribulations, of course, it's going to be hard. Anything worth having is going to be hard. But on the other side of fear and, you know, doubt and all, all the negative stuff, this is a great life for yourself. I'm living example of it. Cool, cool. Okay. Now, this is the question I live uh, in every interview with. Um, and I'll explain why I end every interview with after I ask you the question and you answer. But who is God personally to you? Uh, personally to me, God is my, my creator. I mean, I've grown up with my faith and the Bible and all that stuff on uh, the Catholic system. God is someone who is a higher being, um, gave me life, has guided me through life. And, you know, whether you believe in God or not, I've seen God work for me. You know, I've been in a lot of rough situations, but after praying and keeping faith, I've seen myself overcome it so i have to believe in god i have to believe in a higher being because i know there's no way i did this all alone i i really do believe someone's guiding me from up there and that's who god is to me you know and i hopefully i do my part on earth while i'm here on this to meet him one day cool cool now the reason why i asked that question is is that i believe that as long as we live we still will not fully understand on a personal level how amazing how and how awesome God is. And those words don't even begin to describe it. However, when we have conversations with each other, even if the conversation isn't a serious conversation, we are experiencing a new experience with God. So I always like to ask everybody, who is God to them? Because if you tell me who God is to you, I tell you who God is to me, then we experience him in a whole nother way or a whole nother manner. So that's why I always like to end with that because nobody has given the same answer at all. And I love that about it is that everybody has that personal encounter or personal experience with God or their higher power or whoever it is that they subscribe to, but we all have experienced God's greatness in whatever manner that we've experienced it. So Again, I want to thank you for being on the show, Mr. Good Vibes. Thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing so freely with our listening audience. Thank you for bringing your energy and your good vibes to the show. We truly appreciate it. Listening audience, I encourage you, connect with him on social media. Connect with him on social media. Visit his website if you are a principal listening, if you are a teacher listening, a counselor listening. You need to book this man to your school so your students can experience what other students have already experienced, all right? So, again, thank you all for joining. We are back here on Monday. We're back here on Monday. I encourage you to go to the website to get all the information about Monday's show as well as all the rest of the shows that we have coming up. You can visit www.cliftonpettyjohn.com. Scroll down, you'll see Transformation Radio. You can listen to the replay of this show and other shows as well as see our upcoming shows. Also, subscribe to the podcast, the What Now Podcast, where we discuss various ways of facing life's most, quote-unquote, difficult moments, but we've learned to not call them difficult moments anymore. We call them defining moments because we have 
the power, the authority, and the right to define those moments ourselves, all right? As I always say, create a great day, walk with purpose, and by all means, guys, execute your vision. Peace. So I know you've heard me talk a lot about working with people in entertainment, and perhaps you don't necessarily work in entertainment. And if you do, you may not need a full overhaul at the moment. However, you may be facing a challenge or working on a project that you could use objective perspective or expertise on. Um, this is why I offer consulting. Here are the areas I can help you in. Branding, marketing, creative strategy, spiritual development, identity strategy, style and image, content strategy, entrepreneurship. I would love to work with you to navigate your challenge or to enhance your project. If you want to book a one-time session or inquire about a short-term consulting relationship, you can do both by visiting YourSupernormal.com. Let's get it.